You're listening to a gospel-centered, Bible-based sermon from St. John Lutheran Church in Sterling, Nebraska by Pastor Kevin Arndt. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You've increased its joy. They rejoice because as with joy before, before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Our first gospel reading is from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Please rise. The old Christmas story. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in that same region there were shepherds out in their fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest! And on earth, peace among those with whom he, has, he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. John chapter 3, starting with that famous verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you mercy and peace and joy and hope the love of God be yours in Christ Jesus amen you know I was watching you guys sing joy to the world and I have to admit you were a little bit underwhelming <laughs> joy to the world <laughs> you weren't very believable it it uh, I didn't see smiles I didn't see like little Cindy woohoo or whatever her name was on the Grinch just letting it go we sometimes get kind of used to the message and maybe by this time we've been hearing these songs since Thanksgiving and, and we're a little bit done with them no? good sometimes we can have that silver spoon of God's blessing in our mouth for so long that we forget we've got the silver spoon we forget all the blessings that we have. Yeah, we know it, but we don't, we don't sense it. We don't feel it. You know, and, and maybe it's because our mind is distracted by the hard things in life. Um, and you know what? It takes a, a good deal of energy to stay focused and, and, and on that point all the time. And you just get worn down and tired of it. I, I did a little... Google search, asking the question, what'd you get for Christmas? And that just kind of branched me off all over the place. And one story was on there about this family that had been really overdoing it with the presents for the kids. And the kid, I guess, in this particular story, they had a daughter and, and she was like six or seven. And the mountain of presents were, were there at the tree for her and she opens up the first one and she's got this excitement and just joy and happiness and does the second one and and by the fifth one the the writer says kind of the, the light just kind of went out the the joy left her face and she would just carefully open each package and open it and see what it was say thank you to the person who gave it to her and then set it on top of this towering stack of presents and the the parents got the sense that she was overwhelmed with the gifts. There was just more than what she could continue to respond to. And so they, they made a decision at that point that in, in the future, they were gonna do four gifts per child. And they, they were something you, you need, something you want, something you wear, and something you read. 
but they were in a different order. They rhymed. Um, something you, something you want, something you need, something you wear, something you read, and and that they had introduced that concept to their their daughter well in advance so that there wouldn't be a different problem of disappointment. You know, I remembered how many gifts I got last year and this year I only get four. Um, remember that scene from Harry Potter where the little Dudley boy, he got 36 presents for Christmas and, and he was upset and had a tantrum because last year he got 37 and we're going backwards. And he was just a brat. And, and meanwhile, little poor little Harry Potter, underneath the same roof, he gets uh, just one little thing that was something cast off from the other guy that he didn't want anymore. So they just wrapped it up and gave it to Harry. As I read through the stories, there were so many of them that were like that. The, the, the parents that have a, a stepchild and a, and a natural child, and the, they treat them differently. And the, the stepchild having this growing sense of bitterness as they compared what they were getting with what the other ones got. And I was pondering these things and thinking back to this, the Little House on the Prairie books that I, I read when I was a, a little kid. And one of them had a, a Christmas story. And they were so excited because they got an orange. An orange. I remember even for my own self as a kid thinking, really, you're excited about an orange? Well, they never got to have an orange. I mean, they didn't have this shipping in supermarkets like we have now where you can get whatever you want any season of the year. But because it was just the one thing and it was special, they were excited and filled with thanks and gratitude. I think sometimes we, we have so much that we, we just don't realize how much we have. And so I'm not saying can't have this stuff. I'm saying let's really try and see what are these blessings that we have received from Christ. And maybe if we can't contrast it with our own situation, look around the world and see what other people have or don't have. We like to compare ourselves with those who have more and then feel disappointed and hurt. When instead we should be looking at those who have less. Compare yourself to them and say, ah, oh, I should have feel compassion, gratitude and compassion. And have a sense of wanting to share. I think some of the best Christmas presents that we can maybe give or get are experiences where we go and look after those who have less. Maybe go work in a soup kitchen or, or in a battered women's shelter or something. It helps you to realize the tremendous blessings we have. And as, as we look at the world, still in darkness, still in gloom, and still chasing after all the wrong things. And we realize this Christmas present that we have from God, he gives us his own son, and he gives us his Holy Spirit, and he gives us faith, and he gives us his word. And with all of this, we get all good things. If God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give us all good things? And these include not just our daily bread and the things that are underneath the tree, but if you can breathe freely, or you can walk, or you can hear or see, or have any family that cares for you or you care about, or hope, or joy, or love, or peace, or any of the countless blessings, the sense of, I am forgiven, and I have a hope in heaven, I have eternal life waiting for me because of 
this baby that came and grew up, lived the perfect life in my place, went to the cross and paid the price for my sins, rose from the dead, that I might have the hope of everlasting life. You know, we, we can look at the things we don't have. We can think, look at the things we've lost. We can look at the things that cause us grief or where we have less than somebody else. And it'll just give us disappointment and sadness. Or we can look at the blessings. Put a little bit of Thanksgiving into Christmas. You know, we, we have Thanksgiving and we just sort of like jump past it to get to the commercialism of, of this season, and, and we miss both. Let's drag Christmas or Thanksgiving along into Christmas to, to recognize what we get. So I'm going to ask you, you know, what did you get for Christmas? And did it make you happy? The, the things that you, you opened up, the packages, it, did it give you joy? Can it give you joy? Is it even possible for joy to come inside of a box? I don't care how much it costs, or how expensive it is. I don't care uh, how much you really were looking forward to it. Is that word the source of joy? Can you buy it in a store? They say, well, money can't buy you happiness, uh, but neither can poverty. Well, you know what? Sometimes maybe poverty can get you closer to joy because you are so much more aware of the thing you're missing, the thing you need, and then the blessing that comes and, and fills it. I think joy and gratitude probably go together quite well. Think about your worst Christmas ever. Can you, can you does one come to your mind? I've got about four. That, that pop into my mind. You know, it might be there was a death, a divorce, first time the kids were all gone. Maybe it was you had hoped to go do this thing and it all fell apart. The worst Christmas. But even on the worst Christmas, what'd you get? You maybe didn't get that thing you wanted, but you got something that you needed. You got the same thing we, we get every year. God gave his son for us. Think about the worst present you ever got. You know, one of my worst Christmases, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. Uh, I, I was little and I was too big for my britches, and I um, shared the truth about Santa Claus with my little sister, who was a true believer. And um, my mom did not look kindly upon that. And so on Christmas morning, um, everybody was getting their presents and you know, sitting there with anticipation like a, I, was, I don't know, maybe I was 10, something like that. <clears throat> and there were no presents with my name on it. And the only present I got to open up that morning was one that was labeled to the aren't kids. And it was a Webster's Dictionary. This is what happens when you don't believe, I was told. This is what happens when you try and ruin it for somebody else. And so that was not a, a happy Christmas. I think later on, uh, maybe even the next day, at some point, I think my sisters protested and, and uh, mom brought a, a box out of the closet. And there were some things in there for me to, to open up. But uh, 
There was a lot of maturing that was done that Christmas, but for a while it was most unpleasant. And, and it really forced me at a young age to kind of reevaluate what really is important. And um, being a smarty pants uh, wasn't that important that year. And more important to think about and care about you know, my sister. And for a young boy, that's not always an easy task. But it helped that year. You think about your best present. Um, Christian Harms, he was working, mopping the floors yesterday or the day before, and, he, and he, he stopped by the office and leaned on the mop and said, Pastor, what's the best present you ever got? And I thought for a bit, oh, you know, I remember one year I got a, it was a Buffy and Jody watch. I didn't want it. I mean, I wasn't a, a, it wasn't something I asked for, not anything I even knew about. But it was a, a Buffy and Jody watch. But the neat thing about it was it was transparent. And so you could see the gears inside all turning and the springs going back and forth. And that was the part I locked, liked. I could see inside what, how it all was working. And they, I remember them saying, well, the reason we got you a watch that was transparent so you could see is because if we gave you one that wasn't, we knew you'd just take it all apart. <laughs> But I really liked that, that, that watch, but because it was made out of plastic and I was a hyperactive kid, it didn't last very long. But some of the other presents that I got as a kid that I, I, I can't say they just filled me with, woo I love this, but I really played with them a lot. You know, like the, they weren't Legos, but something that came before Legos, kind of like that. And uh, Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs and stuff, you could kind of mix them together and build stuff. and, and uh, those were fun toys I used for years. But they weren't the thing that really made me happy. Um, probably one of the neatest presents I got was from my Aunt Verona. And it was after the children's Christmas program. And, and you know, I, I sang loud even back then. And my Aunt Verona came up to me afterwards and she said, I could hear you singing. You did such a good job. And here's a present for you. And I opened it up and it was two matchbox cars. I thought, cool, you sing loud, you get matchbox cars. <laughs> so that just reinforced that business. And, and so that was uh, uh, something that was internal to make me feel good. And I don't know, I just want you to think about it. What did you get for Christmas? Things that you didn't open up. Things that weren't wrapped, except for maybe in swaddling clothes. What did you get for Christmas? And where is the, the source of joy for this season? I, again, I don't think it's something you can unwrap that gives the joy, except for the swaddling clothes. What'd you get? You know, we got family. But maybe sometimes that causes more grief and stress than we like to admit. Um, as you leave, I want you to ponder that question. What did I really get for Christmas? What did I get? And is there joy with it? Because remember that I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you, to you, is born a Savior, the Savior, Christ, the Lord, the King. Good news of great joy, a Savior. You shall call his name Jesus, which means Savior, because that's what he's going to do. What did you get for Christmas? Savior. What does that mean? 
Savior from what? A Savior to what? A Savior for what? What difference does it make? Keep on asking yourself that question. What did I really get? Until you find yourself kneeling along with the shepherds. And, and then also, what did you give? We buy lots of stuff and give it. I, I personally would rather buy a present than get one um, and give it to somebody. What are we giving to people that can really give them joy? Can really give them peace? Can make a difference in their life? You know, sometimes buying a particular item and giving it to a person, they really need that. It can really actually make a big difference in their life. But it's just in their life and maybe just for this season or this period of time. But what can you give somebody that will give them a lasting gift? You know the message. You know the gospel. Do you share that at Christmas time with those around you? We say Merry Christmas, but do we tell them why it's a Merry Christmas? Do we share that gift with others? You know, not only what'd you get, but what'd you give? Um, we can't buy people's love. We can't buy happiness. We can't open up joy in a box. But we can give it and we can receive it as God's gift for us at, at this we remind ourselves of it this time of year, hopefully all throughout the year. Amen. Thanks for listening in this morning at St. John Lutheran Church in Sterling, Nebraska. If you're in the area, please join us in person. You can find more information about us at stjohnsterling.org and on Facebook at St. John Lutheran Church Sterling. Join us again for more of the biblical teaching of Pastor Kevin Arndt. And now... May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Romans 15.13